Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 32 of A View to a Kaka Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J, and back in the saddle, uh, with me Hey-o. as always, is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, welcome back. How you doing today? I'm pretty well, man. Pretty well. Things are Things are going good. Nice. Although let's uh, let's do get right into it because I am on a pretty tight schedule because the twins are napping. Okay, well, speaking of that, Dave, uh, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Oh, Matt, I do. Sorry, I do want to get onto this, but you need to tell these fine folks what the title of today's episode is. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, today we will be watching episode thirty-two. Of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It is called Don't Lick Me, Face Thief. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome for that one, guys. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I've already watched the episode. I, I'll watch it again uh, in the break here. But I watched it last night just to sort of get some some prep on this one. Dudes, uh, Kaka Ranger is weird. And I know we say it a lot. But we've just had a lot of like very we serious do. episodes, and it's we're like, back into a very, like the premise of our entire show. very weird monster of the week. But, well, that's good. But we will get to that. Dave, um, as previously stated, there are five stars shining in the heavens. What's the first one? So the first star, Matt, is that uh, my wife Beth and I are fostering these twin babies. That is very exciting. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, it's very weird. So oh, sure. It's, I mean, okay, listen, the, it's the only... buck wild. Yeah, it is. I can't, okay, I'm afraid I actually, I can't say too much about them uh, personally because there's a bunch of, there's like a ton, a ton of rules about like sharing information about foster kids. Right, right. But here's the deal. They are super cute. Sure. They, like, they are definitely, they're super cute. And this is nice. Individually, they are very easy babies. Okay. Like, they're both pretty chill. They are both starting to sleep like most of the way through the night, which is incredible. They, uh, you know, they're very smiley and they like to hang out. And, you know, like individually, they're they're super easy. The only thing is there's two of them. Right. Yeah. So, you went from zero to 60 on them babies. I mean, not 60. You went from yeah, zero to two. I was making a car analogy. I went from zero to two. But two is a lot. So, yeah, like, just having having two of them is bananas because, you know, like, even if one of them is fairly cool, they need to be, you know, they just need to be taken care of. So everything you're doing, you've got to do it twice. And it's compounding the fact that you have to do everything twice is the fact that you have to do it while you already have another baby. Right, right, right. So, like, just the logistics of it become very complicated. Um, but they are, but they're super nice. And like I said, they're really cute. And 
it's a very weird thing. Again, I know I'm I'm sort of repeating myself. It's a very weird thing because on one hand, like they're babies and like you're here and you're you no, know, you're loving them and like doing all of these things. But on the other hand, they might be gone in six months, or right, they right, might right. be gone in two years, or they might never be gone. Who knows? <laughs> it's just yeah, like it's a whole crazy thing, and uh, it's a weird it's a weird journey, and. And that's that's really it. There's not a whole lot of jokes about that. Right. I mean, they're too young to be saying the darndest things yet, so. Yeah, they don't. They do. They make adorable, like, gurgly noises. And that's sure. cool. And sometimes they make, like, yeah, classic baby. Sometimes they do make, like, just blood-curdling screams. It's It's terrible. All right. So that's well, that's not great. Sure. I mean, listen. You take the good. You take the bad. Something. 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 Facts of life. I don't remember the interstitial. Yeah, bit. you got it. I think. Yeah. That, I think that's basically. <laughs> Who it. cares? Yeah, that's. We're good. We're good. Well, anyway, Dave. I, I. I. It's. It's very cool that you are doing that. Um, I look forward to meeting these babies at some point. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to enjoy a week off in the podcast last week. Yes, not, not that I that didn't miss you. Helped. It was very weird to not be putting out a regular episode. Although I do actually really like what we did. Yeah, man. I thought it I thought it turned out really well. I will okay. The first half of it turned out really well, which is the half of it that I listened to because uh, you know, I've been I've been busy, Matt. But the first sure, half you reasonable. guys knocked it out of the park, I feel like. So great well, job. Well thank you. That means a lot. You should at some point watch that episode of Live Man uh and get down on that second half, because Live Man, as it turns out, is amazing. But we're not talking about Live Man today. We're talking about Cockeranger. And we're not even doing that yet. We're in the five stars. Dave, what is our second star of the week? So the second star of the week, man, is just a, a cool, like a cool, cool thing that happened in my life. So I'm a teacher. Uh-huh. And I just got I just got approved for tenure, which is rad. Oh, nice. And just, it's a very cool thing. Yeah, it's a super, super cool thing. Before we get too excited, I do want to be clear. I am a public high school teacher. I'm not like a collegiate professor. And so like the tenure process for us is very different. And okay. it is not like quite as big of a deal. So you have like uh, the baby long story tenure. Sh- yeah, I've got like baby I mean, it's tenure. Still, like, it's still really full tenure for your job. It's just not what people think of when they think of tenure necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when you think of tenure, it's not that exactly that thing. Long story short, what it is is that if you, before you get tenure, you are sort of tentatively hired back on a year-to-year basis. But there's, like, a provisional period where they're just like, well, you know, we could, like, kind of get rid of you if, if we felt like it. But once you get tenure, it's basically like, yes, like, you're cool, we're cool, you get to stay here, you know, like, pretty much forever. So nice. so it's really great, and it's kind of, yeah, it's like an additional level of job security. And it turns out, now, okay, I will admit, I do feel a little bit bad about this, mm-hmm. because there was, there was one layoff this year in our department, uh-huh. and my tenure got approved, like, I want to say two weeks before this layoff happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the woman who got my colleague who got laid off, 
actually has been there longer than I have, but for, like, whatever... Because the rules actually are a little bit finicky as to, like, how you qualify and, like, whatever. And so, for whatever reason, she did not... She was not eligible and does not have tenure. And so, even though she's been there longer, if you don't have tenure, like, you're at the bottom of the list. Right. Ooh, that, that, is, a, so, that is a squeaker, Dave. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, well, I do genuinely feel bad for you, but I also need a job, so... You're looking after twins. I was going to say, man, I got twins. Now, that she also actually recently had a baby earlier this year, but, But that's one baby. It's one baby. That's half the babies. And I've got two right now. So, you know, it was just like... We, we heard that there was a layoff, and I was like, oh, man, I like, got in under the wire. So that was very cool. But, yeah, it's a neat thing, and uh, I'm very happy for it. So what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Uh, third star of the week, Dave, is something that we had talked about very briefly, but it's time for another installment of one of our newest segments, Dave. It's Trailer Watch. Trailer Watch. Okay, dude. I I actually hesitated to throw down Trailer Watch just for this because it's only one trailer. But the trailer for the sequel, The Kingsman, Kingsman Golden Circle, just came out. And this movie looks bananas. It looks amazing. Yeah, dude. I, I just um, watched this trailer the first like, Kingsman, before we right? started recording. Um, It looks great and also it looks like a million times better than the trailer for the first kingsman which i did not see oh seriously dude matt you uh that movie was real real good okay so here's the reason that i did not see uh kingsman the secret service is because that movie is based on a comic book called the secret service by mark miller and i have sort of a standing rule where i avoid mark miller projects no, that's a good, that's actually a very reasonable reason to, wow, that was a weird sentence, to have not seen that movie. Although in this case, like I approve of your rule, generally speaking, I actually did not know that that was, that that was like a Mark Miller thing. And uh, it was great. Like it was super, super good. That movie was a ton of fun. But listen, some, sometimes my rule means that I miss Kingsman in the theaters. And sometimes it means that I never had to watch Kick-Ass. So it's, I mean, it's not a perfect system, but. Yeah, well, on the balance. Uh, it's, well, it's again, I didn't see Kick-Ass. Well. So, so I, yeah, I, I definitely plan on circling around to that first one before I watch the second one. Because I'm definitely watching this second one. I am. I think I have it on Amazon. You can. We can watch it sometime. I've seen it a couple of times. I will very happily watch it again. It's a super, super fun movie. So, the, <laughs> so if you are not familiar with the idea of Kingsman, really quickly, you need to you need to know this. The Kingsmen are a independent secret service agency. Like they do not, as far as I can tell, answer to the actual government of England. Okay. They are just. Uh, yeah, they're just like enormously well funded. The idea of it, yeah, what they, how they explain it, is that after World War One or Two, I forget which, basically all of these super super wealthy English noblemen, like all their sons had died, and so they didn't have anybody to leave their money to, and so they pooled all their money to create the Kingsmen, 
which is like designed to, you know, sort of like save the world and, and all of these things. So there are only ever 12 Kingsmen at a time. Okay. And they are named after the Knights of the Round Table. Reasonable. Yeah. And the leader of the Kingsmen is always like an old retired Kingsman whose name is Arthur. And their tech guy, their Q, is named Merlin. Sweet. And like you, yeah. And you give up your name, like you give up your name, and then you like you become like take Galahad on the mantle of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when one Kingsman dies, like each, like the other Kingsmen all train a recruit. And then, like, whoever wins, I guess, becomes the new Kingsman. It's super, super red. So, in the new movie, and this really is the thing that I'm I'm incredibly stoked about. You don't see a whole lot, but you see the Kingsman, and it's the guy's name is Eggsy, and he's, like, running around, and he... And then you see, and he's got, like, a suit and, like, glasses, and they have, like, weaponized umbrellas. It's super cool. They're, like, very British. And then in the trailer, he runs into Channing Tatum, who is wearing like a shepherd's, you know, like like a like a tan jacket with like a fur collar yeah, yeah. and a and a cowboy hat. And he's like whipping around a six shooter and he's got a rifle. And then you see him put a belt on and the belt says statesman. Yes, dude. Oh yes. And oh dude, if first of all, incredible. Second of all, if those statesmen are not named like George, John, Thomas, Etc. Ben, I'm going to be really disappointed. Or they can all be named after like famous cowboys. That isn't also acceptable. That that would also be fine. So yeah, man, Kingsman, the Golden Circle, super looking forward to it. I think it looks like a ton, a ton of fun. What, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week is we're bringing back a couple of old segments here, Dave, because it's time for a commute update. Commute update. Okay, so I recently, um, my car, which I love, uh, it's a yeah. station wagon, which is great. It's got so much cargo space, you guys. I remember one time I, I brought this station wagon to a gathering where a lot of the people were dads. And they were like, oh, I almost bought that station wagon. And it has all these great features for kids in the back seat. Like, the seats automatically pop up into booster seats. To which I said, "Oh, that's cool. that is very interesting. I've owned this car for two years and had literally no idea. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone looked at that car and assumed that I had, like, an entire family. As opposed to just, like, nah, sometimes I like to carry big stuff. <laughs> right. And it's a very comfortable ride. Anyway, so I, it's been making some noise recently. And like two weeks ago Never good. or so, I went to go drive to work. And the, the noise that it was making in one of the wheel wells was untenable, right? Like, it is not the sort mm -hmm. of noise that you can drive on. And I know from yeah, noises no, that you can that's and cannot the worst. Right. Um, this is not my first, like, car breakdown rodeo. Which actually sounds like a really fun event that's probably like a demolition derby, the car breakdown radio, but that's not what I'm talking about. Anyway, so I get a towed out to my mechanic, um, and I'm borrowing another car for a couple of weeks. It's actually all working out okay. Yeah. I get a call from him on Monday, after he had the car for like a week, and he says, well, 
you know, here's here's the situation. Well, and, and, as it turns out. Oh, dude. Okay. I know, I know our mechanic because he's been our family mechanic, and Wayne has a very particular sort of well. Yep. And it's never good. No, so... It's not a good well. Without, without getting into the specifics, uh, it is going to cost what I have been describing as a hilarious amount of money to get this car fixed. Um, well, I'm glad you're looking on the bright well, side. Well, here's how I'm trying to think about it, Dave, is that every time I buy a pair of shoes, right, and eventually the, the soles right. on those shoes wear out, because I'm the guy who wears his shoes until the soles wear out, uh, and then yeah. continues to wear them on dry days for the next couple of months. Like, that's just... Is anybody not that guy? I don't know. That's, that's, that is just sort of like my relationship with like that sort of thing. Um, but every time Anyways. that happens, what all I want to do is just go to the store and give somebody money and say, Hey, I just want that thing again. Can you just give me those shoes again? But those shoes are never still in existence like two or three years later. Because they've always like changed out yeah. what they're making. So the way I'm choosing to think about this is that I have a chance to basically just buy my car again. Like, I bought it before a couple of years ago, <laughs> and now I get to re-up and basically buy a whole new car that's just the same car, and it's already got all my radio presets. It's kind of perfect you if go, you think Matt. about it. See, that's a really, I like that. That's a really positive attitude. Hey, man, listen, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta keep, you gotta keep on the sunny side, my friend. Anyway, that's it for the commute update. It's just the biggest thing that's been happening in my life the last few weeks. And while it's not very funny, it's kind of all I've been thinking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, those things have a way of, like, arresting your attention. So what, Matt, is our fourth Star of the Week? Fourth Star of the Week is uh, I recently received a sort of mystery package. Well, okay, it's not a mystery package. I got a... It was a mystery package for a moment until I remember that I'd gotten a text a few days earlier uh, asking me to confirm my address from a friend of the show, a past guest, Nick Douglas, who was on, I think, what was it? Like, ah, good old Nick episode Douglas. Episode 25, maybe? Uh, I don't know. He got in pretty early. He was on the episode where um, Kazu's, Kazu was, like, cloned and that actor's twin brother, like, played an evil version of him in Die Ranger. So I think that was 25. If you say so, bud. Listen, it's, it's been a minute. Uh, anyway, so he sent me a book. It is called The Night Parade of 100 Demons, A Field Guide to Japanese Yokai. Whoa, it, it is, that is super cool. I think that it was a, like, kickstartered thing where, like, a dude had been doing these, like, illustrations of different yokai. But it is just a book of like awesome is it exactly what it sounds like it is exactly what it sounds like like there's a full page illustration um and then it will give like a full description of that yokai and what it does and what it looks like and what it wants to do to you um and what's crazy is that like there are some that are in the show that are not in this book just because there's like kind of an infinite amount of yokai it seems like um but mm -hmm. a lot of the ones from well, the show dude, when you can make a here. yokai when you can make a yokai out of literally anything, I feel like you have a distinct advantage. Like, if you're willing to make an umbrella a yokai, like, yeah, you can get your numbers up pretty easily. Oh, now, when you say the umbrella yokai, are you referring to... Flip, flip, flip. Yes, Matt, I am. The Mokum you know Mokum It's an umbrella. Uh, you know which one. Uh, featured on page 208 of the Night Parade of 100 Demons. 
Uh, yeah, Matt, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm referring Behavior. to. Behavior, Mokurokuram are harmless but incredibly creepy. Uh, anyway, so does it actually yeah, say that? That, that, is, that the... is what it says. Anyway, uh, this book rules. I will show it to you the next time you're over. Uh, I think maybe he has done this guy Matthew Meyer has done another volume of these things, um, but uh, which I may have to look into at some point. But I just wanted to uh, thank Nick for this and say that now I have like a cool way to research some of the yokai on the show. So that well, thanks, is Nick. radical. Speaking of this show and the yokai featured therein, Dave, it is time for us to take a break. We are going to watch episode 32 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger, Don't Lick Me Face Thief, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 32, Don't Lick Me Face Thief, uh, and listen, having watched that episode, <laughs> I... I also want to say, hey, Face Thief, if you're out there, lay off, buddy. Don't lick me. Back it up. Please find some other thing to lick. Listen, there's all sorts of stuff out not, in this world. So yeah, many not things my in face, this world. Not anybody else's. Just stop Stop non-consensual face licking, I think is what we're saying. I think that's a good saying. lesson for all of us. That's a, yeah, we should all... Words of wisdom that I think we all can live by. Listen, it's 2017. We're all trying to be excellent to each other. Uh, one Step one of that, well, listen, there's a lot of steps to that. A step to that is uh, remove all non-consensual face licking from your life and the lives of others. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, this episode, not brought to you by the Japanese Board of Plastic Surgeons. They hate this episode. Oh, this episode is like, listen... Uh, you know those things you see, like all derma- like dermatologists in your area hate this one lady's old trick. Um, yeah. Japanese plastic surgeons are furious with this episode and do not want you to see it. Okay, so let's get into it, man. This is, now that we have finished, rather, the kind of like big mid-season story shakeup. Because there's always one, like in the middle of the season, there's always like some big thing. And in this season, it was Death of Young Noble Jr., Rise of Young Noble Senior, uh, named Daimau. And now we are back to Freak of the Week episodes, I'm going to guess, for another, like, couple of weeks. So the next, like, seven or eight episodes are just going to be monster apps. And then when those are done, then it'll start, like, ramping up towards the end of the season. So yeah, this, this week's one monster. definitely this one feels a lot more like episode seven of Kaku Ranger than episode thirty-two. In the same way that last episode felt like episode forty-nine and not episode thirty-one. Like, yeah, we are definitely well, you know, we... resetting and like getting everybody used to the new status quo this week. Right. Well, we said the same thing, like I said. We saw the same thing in Die Ranger. We saw the same thing in Jetman. You know, like, they flipped over the style of monster and some stuff changed. And now we're just going to be a little bit a little bit regular until things start ramping up towards the very end. So this episode opens up. We see Daimou. And we still... I would love to get, like, a decent shot of this dude because he's really dark and they always shoot him in the dark. So we don't get, actually, a very clear picture as to what Daimao really looks like, aside yeah. from the fact that he's vaguely sinister and he's got a weird shaped head and he wears old man glasses for reasons I don't understand. 
Yeah, uh, so we are back in the haunted house that Young Noble Jr. had been using as his base. Sort of periodically, I'm still not sure when we're in that haunted house and when we're in sort of like a foggy nether space filled with pillars and staircases and grand pianos, but they might all be the same location. I was going to say, I think your safest assumption is, is that that spooky mansion contains within it, Matt, a spooky nether dimensional space that doesn't seem like it should be there, but totally is. Well, that that relates to my the next point in my notes, which is that Daimyo has his spooky game on point. Like, he's yeah, sitting he's in a dark it. room by himself, like, evilly narrating about how, like, bad stuff is about to go down. And there's, like, thunder crashing outside and, like, evil red smoke billowing around him. Yeah, so what he says is, the time has come to build a yokai kingdom, which I guess has to be on Earth, you know, rather than anyplace else. So they go from there, and we see happy jet skis. It's just babies, kids on jet skis. It's an extremely abrupt shift. Yeah, it's very, very odd. Okay, uh, hey guys, you did not hear it. Because I'm assuming that Mark was able to edit it out super slick like he does. But I had to pop away for a minute to put this baby to sleep. So this episode of the Super Sentai Brothers is now guest starring uh, this baby. So if you hear okay. tiny gurgly noises, that's what's going on. Yeah, just uh, just roll with it. It's cool. Just roll with it. It's cool. He's a cool baby. So um, where were we? We were, we just talked about Daimaru, right? And how he's got his creepy game on point. Oh, Oh, next scene. Next scene. So from the next scene, we go to a beach. We go to a beach and it's happy jet skis and it's a beach day and everybody's cool and uh, they're having a good day at the beach. It's, It's sort of a very stark contrast between that and what we had previously seen. Yeah, they go zero to 60 real fast on the creepy to happy train. There's a lot of, there's some mental whiplash happening. So... There is a old man who is looking at happy people on the beach, and he is very clearly a yokai. Right. He's just got that look on his face of like, I'm about to do some evil, but first I need to go put on my giant rubber suit. Yes. So there's a couple at the beach. They are like having a great time. They leave. And that's when we see evil about to happen. Because he looks at them. He's like, mm, I'm going to lick them faces. Yes. So, so we go to that night. And it's the couple, and they're, it's the same couple from the beach. And, and they, I guess he has been stalking them. Yeah, they seem to still be on their way home from the beach. So either the sun was about to go down, or they live a very long way away, and he has been stalking them, like, across the countryside. This is, Japan is not a large country, and he saw some faces that he wanted to lick, and he is a man who is dedicated to to licking, to licking faces, I guess. So, out he pops... And he's got, like, a weird, like, jack-o'-lantern face, I think is what's going on. Yeah, he's got this jack-o'-lantern face that's sort of, like, split in half vertically. Most of his body is, like, his giant jack-o'-lantern face. It's split in half vertically, and then, like, the two sides of it sort of flip up, and he's got a sort of face underneath, but that face is horrifying. He's got, you know what he's got, Matt? It's got gull wings. It's got gull wing doors. That's what's going on. Like, yeah. like the DeLorean, the sides of his face flip up like they're a DeLorean, and he's got like a terrifying mush face underneath. 
Well, the, the biggest problem with his terrifying mush face is that instead of eyes, he has two smaller faces where his eyes should be. Yeah, it's weird. And so he pops out and I, man, I'm going to try this name. I'm probably not going to call him by his full name the whole episode because his name is Nupe Fuhofu. Yes, Nupe Fuhofu. Uh, can we just call him Nupe or Noops, maybe? I'm, I'm cool with Noops. Because Nupe Fuhofu. Noop, well, actually, now that I say it, Nupe Fuhofu. No, I'm stick, let's stick with Noops. So, Noops. Nupe Fuhofu so is not undoable, but Noops is very fun. Yeah, so Noops is a face licker. That is his thing. It is his raison d'etre to lick faces. So, he eats their faces. So, what he does is he has a giant tongue, Sugar Man style. And he he actually even kind of is built like Sugar Man, as I think about it. Well, you know who... Is there some... Okay. Is he, like, digging into some, like, deep... Does Sugar Man tap into some, like, weird primal psyche thing about, like, giant monsters that have, like, huge heads and long tongues and tiny arms? I don't know, but that also reminds me of one of the bosses from Super Mario RPG. Huh. Do you remember the dude? His name was Bellom, and he had, like... He was this big, like, yellow dude with red highlights on him, and he had a giant tongue. You fought him in, like, this underground temple. Man, maybe? That game was super good, though. I haven't played that game in, like, a... ever. Um, so, may- well, I don't know, man. Maybe whoever did Sugar Man, like, is aware of Nupafuhufu's existence. So, okay, now that I'm actually saying it, Nupafuhufu is kind of fun to say. I think we could, let's just agree to go back and forth as as the moment leads us. So, Noops licks their faces, and what happens is, is they don't die, and it's not like their head is gone. What they've actually done is just put, like, a blank white mask, like, a blank white plaster mask on these people. The impression that I get is that, like, they can still see and talk and smell and all of those things, just all of their defining facial characteristics are gone. Yes. Which is completely whitewashed. I mean, actually whitewashed. Their faces are white. Yeah, their faces are just straight straight white. So Nupe so, Fuhufu then uh, introduces himself. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm Big Noops. Uh, I am the Nightwalker. And yep. apparently back in the day, he used to live in cellars and here's just a fun tidbit about him. His body used to be made out of cadaver flesh. So that's yeah. a fun a fun like trivia moment for you. So I really want to know like what is the like what's up with that? I don't like, know, dog. He's on? not in my book. What's going on with with him? I mean, we we can stop and do a quick moment of like wiki research if you want. Okay, yeah. So according to Wikipedia, he's passive and almost entirely harmless. Well, that seems uh, false. He does, yeah, he does smell real gross. Makes sense. And there is a rumor that if you can eat the flesh of him, you gain eternal youth. So. That's, yeah, sure. Uh, it doesn't say anything on here about eating faces, so maybe that's a 
thing. I don't know. So anyways, but in... Listen, I mean, I I think we need to be comfortable with the fact that in all cases in this show, the interpretations tend to be a little loose. A little bit. So, yeah, in Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, dude eats faces. This is his thing. So his plan, this is his, like, evil plan, is he is going to eat everyone's faces, and then once nobody has any distinguishing facial characteristics... Like, the anonymity that that brings everyone will cause people to, like, kind of go crazy. And he's turning the world into the real-life internet. Like, he's giving yes, everybody exactly anonymity. What he's doing. And then, since, like, nobody knows who you are, you can do all the terrible things that you wanted to do if you were a terrible person. And, like, this is... This is his plan. Right. The police can never catch you because they don't know who you are. And we cut to a scene of just a bunch of blank-faced people, like, robbing banks and fighting in the streets and, like, generally causing chaos. Yeah. So, we flip over to, from there, like, okay, so this, like, this is his plan. We flip over from there to the Kaku Rangers. They're driving around in Nakamaru. Saizo is, like, super-duper chill, which I only note because the rest of the Rangers seem to be, like, kind of worked out about... Something. I don't know what. Well, because they're reading the story about this thing in the newspaper. And they're like, okay, well, like, here's what's happening. The police can't tell anybody apart. um, And so we're going to have to come up with a plan to solve this. And the plan is we're going to go and find a monster and punch him in the face until he explodes. And then everything is going to be cool. It's not a complicated plan. But, I mean. In their defense, um, that's never not worked. Yeah, I mean, that is the plan. Yeah. The sort of so, Earl plan. So for whatever reason, Saizo is like incredibly chill about this. Yeah, like, that made just... it into my notes as well. Like he's weird, like almost upsettingly upbeat about the whole problem. He's like, well, you know, it's it's just, uh, you know, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe we won't have to worry about it. I'm not sure like what his motivation is. So we only are like, we only see them for like a hot second and then we flip back. Well, because they pass Nupe Fuhofu on the road. Like, he's in his human form on his bike. Oh, by the way, he's like an ice cream man, which apparently... Oh, like, that's right. Yes, thank you. So, like, he is selling ice cream out of a cooler attached to the back of his truck as opposed to driving around. I'm sorry, a cooler attached to the back of his bicycle. He does not have an ice cream truck, but maybe that's just how ice cream men are in Japan. I mean, that would make sense. We've seen it. Similarly with, like, with tofu, tofu and such. Yeah, so... We see him, and, like, this is... It's actually a pretty cool scene transition. Like, we, you know, normally we would get, like, a smash cut or something, but we just see him, and he's right there, and then we stop following the rangers, and we start following him. It's kind of neat. So, Noops lives in a beach shack, is, is what's going on. So, he goes into his beach shack, and at first, it's, you know, shacky. But he goes into a room in the back, and TARDIS-style, it's, like, much larger and nicer in this back room than the rest of the shack would lead you to believe. And in this back room, lining the walls are a bunch of picture frames. And mounted in those picture frames are all of the faces that he has licked off. It's actually a pretty rad effect, because what they have is just people standing behind the walls putting their faces through like face-sized holes in the walls yeah and just standing very still and not moving yeah it's pretty great so he's super stoked about it um it's not clear he clearly gets like something out of licking faces it's not 
clear if he's like a face gourmand, if this is some sort of sexual thing. Like it's not, he just digs it. It, I mean, and I honestly don't know if we need to know why. No, I mean, he, he seems to be excited about his growing collection, and I am fine without knowing any further details about it. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, so he's looking faces. So we, we cut from there, and now it is nighttime, and the Kaka Rangers are on patrol. They're in their sort of ninja classic garb, and they're running around being like silent and ninja-y. They come to a stop, and Saizo, like, a switch flips in his head, and now he's done uh, doing ninja stuff, and he just wants to go home and go to sleep. Yeah, he does. He's just like, um, we're good, right? Like, he's not, he's not going anywhere. We've been running around for a while. We're not going to find him this way, clearly. So let's just all go home, get something to eat. It's going to be great. And the rest of the rangers are like, Saizo, no, dude, we're like we're ninjas, we're on we're on patrol. We're gonna we're gonna keep looking. And he's like, mm, no, that does sound that sounds super lame. <laughs> and then suddenly, from the bushes, there's a rustling sound, and Sasuke quickly, using his ninja reflexes, pulls out like twenty shuriken and throws them all into the bushes, attempting to murder whatever is inside there. Yeah, Sasuke definitely likes shurikens first and asks questions later. And somehow and... this does not go poorly. Because what happens is that a little girl walks out of the bushes. And listen, I have watched enough of this show to know that Sasuke can easily murder things with those shuriken. And somehow yeah, he... he has managed to miss this child at least a dozen times. So she pumps out and he says, like the rangers ask him, they're like... Or ask her, rather, like, what are you what are you doing, little girl? Like, this is very dangerous. And, like, there's a monster running around. And you need to be home or, like, you will die. Like, this is very, very bad. And she says, her name is uh, Haruka, by the way. She says, no. No, no, no. I know what's up. I'm out here on purpose. Because... If this monster, if this yokai steals my face, I can get a new face. Yeah. And I will look, and I will be able to look like a manga princess. And then there's like a brief cartoon overlay that we see like a manga princess instead of her for a second. Or she's like looking up at it. Yeah, it's like up in the skies and she's imagining how beautiful she can be as a manga princess. And if she gets that princess face, then she can start living as a princess and won't that be wonderful? Yeah, so basically, if she changes her face, everything will be great, and, like, life will be awesome. This message brought to you by the Japanese Board of Plastic Surgeons. Right, and so everyone is, like, dumbfounded and just, like, they do not know how to react to this child's terrible, terrible idea. But Listen, Matt, I spend, I spend a fair amount of time with teenagers, and this is a thing that happens. Like, sometimes... Wait, a you spend a lot of time with something. teenagers, and the thing that happens is sometimes they want a monster to lick their face off so they could live life as a manga princess? Uh, Matt, listen, I don't know. No one has explicitly told me that that is what they want, but if I found out that that were true, it wouldn't, like, blow my mind. But I totally, I sympathize with the rangers here because sometimes a kid will say something and it's so absolutely bananas that there's no... Like there's no rational way to respond to it. 
Yeah, yeah. It's as though a child just said, like, a string of words that clearly to them had, like, some meaning, and you just have to stare at them, and... And you just, like, I've, I've literally been rendered speechless by the things that kids say. Because they're just so insane. So, and to, like, not little kids, teenagers. It's like teenagers, anyways. So, they're like, listen, that's a terrible idea, and you need to go home. And in fact, we're just going to make you go home. Right. So, Sunny like, Hime volunteers Saizo, because she knows that Saizo wants to go home anyway. She's like, listen, you take her home, and then I guess you can, like, have the rest of the night off. We will continue to do the important work of actually being cocky rangers, and then everything will be cool. Right. So Saizo sort of grudgingly agrees to this. And so we cut off and we follow Saizo and Haruka for a while. And as they're walking home, she is like straight up fighting him. If we did not already know that Saizo was the hero of this story and that he was like a good dude, it straight up looks like she is being kidnapped. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, he is dressed as a ninja and dragging her against her will in undercover of night. Like... We needed to have, a, like, 31 episodes of context before this is in any way okay. Yeah, so as they are, as they're rolling, like, Nubafuhovu shows up. Naturally. He, like, jumps of out of... he does. Yeah, he... Right, he jumps out, and he says, ah, I'm, I'm gonna lick your face, basically. She, of course, is thrilled. Haruka, that is. Um, yeah. But Saizo, like, as he goes to, like, come in with the lick attack... Saizo throws her out of the way and jumps out of the way himself um, and sort of goes into an attack stance. Nubafuhafu is shocked. He cannot believe that someone has evaded his horrible, horrible tongue. Yeah. So he, like, fights with her for... Or he fights with Saizo for, like, a second. And then Haruka, though, like, jumps back out. And so now Saizo is stuck because he's trying to simultaneously fight noobs and stop Haruka from, like, running over to get her face licked off. Right, so... He does not succeed. No. Uh, Nibifuhufu attacks with the tongue, and this time, like, we don't see them get hit, but they both go down. And at yeah. this moment, the other four Kaka Rangers all arrive. Um, yeah. S- uh, Sasuke, like, real quick pulls out Red Slicer, hits Nibifuhufu with it. Nibifuhufu is like, listen... I'm outie. I'll see you guys later. He disappears. Yes. They go to pick up Haruka, and Haruka's face is gone. She is ecstatic. She starts, like, jumping up and down. We cut over to Saizo, who is, like, his first question is, is Haruka okay? Which, good on you, Saizo. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Uh, When he is done realizing that Haruka is in fact okay, he sort of checks out his own face and realizes that the attack that he kind of saved Haruka from, that he was trying to save Haruka from, did hit her and it also hit him. So his handsome face is now gone as he continues to describe it through the rest of the episode. Yeah, he is, uh, he's very, very upset. So we, we, we cut here to a scene that from Haruka's perspective, is wonderful is, and like paradise. Yeah. And if this were an animated series, I can see a way that they would have made this seem like a like a charming fairy tale. But in a live action sequence, this next scene is straight up nightmare fuel. Yeah, it's inspiring some like very real body horror. Because what we see is Haruka. 
and she is like running around. She has acquired a sort of like princess-y white dress. And then she has literally painted on a anime like manga style princess face. And as she is running around, all the people who see her are like, oh, what a pretty girl. As though they are seeing her literally as a manga princess and not as a faceless monstrosity who has used, like, grease paint to approximate the look of a human. Yeah, everybody is reacting as though this is 100% real and she just does somehow look like a manga princess. And, like, that's cool and fine with everyone involved. Yeah, it's very bad. (laughs) So she's, like, running around, and it's like, yeah, like, she is she is having the time of her life. Everything that is happening is exactly what she wanted. She called this situation perfectly. She has a manga princess face, and now she is living the life of a manga princess. Saizo, on the other hand, is having a very bad day. Yeah, he is not into what's happening at all. He has retreated to inside Nekamaru and is literally hiding under a blanket. Like, if I don't have a face, what is the point of even living? Like, everything has gone wrong for me. What will I, I do? Mean, Good heavens. Yeah, not just not just a face, but his face specifically. Sure, his like, handsome face. His wonderful handsome face. And listen, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna throw any shade on Saizo. Saizo's a good looking dude. You know. Um, he is, I, I would not call him the most handsome of the Kaku Rangers. Um, but he's, you know, he's uh, a fine looking man. But the, yeah. the extent to which he insists that his face is like, almost like preternaturally handsome is a little funny. And it's probably meant yeah. to be because the other Rangers, when he refers to his handsome face are like, eh, I mean, it was your face. Yeah. <laughs> so... Haruka does show up and she like calls him and she says like, listen, Saizo, you are looking at this all wrong. This is your opportunity to be a manga prince. And then there is also a very weird like imagination sequence that she has where she is dressed up like a manga princess and he is dressed up like a manga prince. And by that, I mean he is dressed in, like, 18th century, like, Elizabethan, not Elizabethan, like, European nobility-style, like, military dress prince uniform. He's dressed as Prince Charming. Yeah. Like, yes, you know, actually, like, yes. fancy epaulets no, and a sash. Thank you. Nope, you are correct. He is 100% dressed as Prince Charming, and I did not put that together. I was like, no, oh, he's just got, like, a vaguely princey thing going on. No, he's got the princey thing going on. Yeah, and so, like, we get this, like, weird roulette thing where you see a bunch of, um like, various manga faces go over his blank face, and then, it, like, it locks into this, like, weird prince look. We get the flashback scene, or not the flashback scene, the weird fantasy scene, which... Okay, the weirdest thing about this fantasy scene is that they seem to both be experiencing it, but Ruka is like, that is what she wants, and Saizo is horrified by it. Because when the scene cuts, and it cuts by, like, that scene, literally, like, the pieces of the screen shattering and falling down. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we then cut back to Saizo's, like, blank face. There's, like, lightning bolts behind it, and the huge, like, anime sweat drop falls, and he's like, no, I do not want this thing. Yeah, now I can 
I, in my head, Saizo was doing that because he wanted it to be very, very, very clear to anybody who was, like, watching or listening that he is not interested in being the manga prince to Haruka's princess because she is a child, and that's insane and gross. Yes. So, uh, she, yeah, so, like, that's the end of that scene. Sorry. So, we're back at the shack, and it's Nupe, and he loves those faces just loves them and this i frankly i i so guess we much. just did this as a way to get out of the previous scene because literally this whole scene at the shack is nupe at home with his faces and then we cut to sasuke and saizo i'm sorry sasuke and seikai running around looking for nupe fuhefu so we get a real quick shot of Haruka in a field. We have a close-up on a cicada for reasons I don't understand. I'm pretty sure it's not a real cicada. And all that we get from her is that it's very hot. And I think that's just there to establish the fact that, like, it's super hot and this will be important later. My guess go- is that it is a real cicada. Like, it seems very real. Or at least it seems like the sort of, like, outer husk of a cicada that they leave behind. Because I could be... Because the, one of the things that I've been thinking about with Super Sentai that, like, we never really talk about is that, like, they put out a new episode every week, right? And, like, there isn't really any time off. And so as the shows progress, they sort of go through a full calendar year. And so that is one of the reasons why people's outfits change throughout the year is because when this show started, it was probably cold out and they needed to wear a bunch of flannels. Needed to wear a bunch of layers and now it's hot. Yeah, and so I think this is like a way to indicate like, oh, like it is the middle of the summer. All the cicadas are out. And maybe it's a cicada year. I don't know. I would have to look that up. Yeah. So anyways, so it's very hot. There are cicadas, etc. We go from there to Sasuke and Seikai and they're at a beach. And they are also super duper hot. Well, Seikai is. Sasuke seems fine, maybe because he's dressed... Well, I am I will never say that Sasuke is dressed reasonably because he is wearing a skirt made out of jean shorts, but... Yes, I, okay, thank you. Um, he is dressed for the weather, and I think that uh, Seikai has, like, an extraneous vest on. And plus, Seikai is sort of a whiner. And so he is, yeah. like, full-on collapsed on the beach, refusing to go further. Um, and he looks up and sees Nupafuhefu, but in his guys as an ice cream salesman and he's like oh my life is saved now we can go on yeah everything is cool so we go from uh what we just see is that nube is he he sells them some ice cream seikai and sasuke they're eating that ice cream and nube is thinks to himself like okay this is like this is my moment i'm gonna get these dudes because he of course recognizes them right and so he transforms and he's like sneaking up on them. And just as he is about to get to them to like surprise attack face lick, it starts to rain. They like jump up and turn away. Nube trips. They like turn around, see him. And he's like, rather than fight, he's like, I was only prepared for a surprise attack. I'm out. And he just leaves. What I love about this scene is that like, if you try to like work out the timing of it, it is hilarious because Nupe yep. is like, I don't know, 30 yards away from them. He's just like sort of like not even really that far away on the same beach. He transforms into a monster and he starts running sort of full tilt at them. Sasuke and Seikai continue to eat their ice cream 
and then a raindrop falls on their hands. They look at the raindrop and they say, oh, we cut back to Nupe Fuhefu. He is still running like, uh, uh, what's that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where it's, I think, Lancelot and it just, it's him running over the same, like, it's the same footage of him running over and over again and he never gets any closer. Yeah, it's as he is that. approaching to uh, to rescue the kid. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it starts to full-on torrential rain in the time it takes Nupe Fuhifu to cross the, like, those, like, few feet. And then all of that stuff happens. I loved it. So, the, <laughs> I just, I love the fact that he's not willing to fight unless it's a surprise attack. Because he just dips. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we go from there, and we see Haruka again. But again, it's, it was very hot. She was maybe sweaty, and now it's raining, and her face is her face is coming off because again, she has painted on her face with like it's just you know, so her face is coming off, and it is coming off in such a way as to make her look as though she is crying, which is a, a clever also, use of the makeup. The way this scene is framed, she has tried to flee from the rain. So she is standing under a bridge, and the way she sees her reflection is not in the puddle or anything, but she finds a broken mirror on the ground under a bridge in a thunderstorm, looks at her melting face, and is horrified. And like, yeah, okay, I think we've gotten the idea, Cocker Ranger, thank you. Yeah, this scene is inspiring, again, like, very, very real body horror. It's uh, it's uncomfortable. So she starts running. She's like, she's like, sc- sad, scared running. She's just sort of like, kind of freaking out, right? And now all the people who previously were calling her like such a beautiful princess are like, wow, that girl's face is whack. Yeah. So she's very sad. She realizes that she cannot have a manga face, and the rangers at this point, the rangers find her. So like, the rangers find her, and they're like, listen, it's cool, and she's like. Guys, you were so right. I was so wrong. I regret letting Nupe Fuhofu steal my face, which, yes, child, that's appropriate. But Saizo comes over to comfort her, it being in a unique position to do so. And he says, listen, like, it's cool. Like, we're going to beat this guy. We're going to get fix everything. It's going to be okay. She feels super guilty about Saizo losing his face. But he's like, no, I get it. Like, you're a kid. He's actually a really stand-up dude in this moment, which oh, yeah. is cool. So we get a quick, like, establishing shot, and then Seikai and Saizo also arrive. Seikai and, and Sasuke. Like, sorry, Sasuke. This, they arrive. There are and too like, many S names in this show. We complain about I it. I know. It's driving me crazy. So he says, they say, like, listen, guys, we kind of figured it out. Like, this is what's going on. He, this is what he looks like in his human form. He's stealing faces. He's, he's an ice cream man. Like, we kind of know. We know what's up. And we know also that he specifically is very interested in our faces. Like, I guess because we're the Kaka Rangers. So here's what we're going to do. Like, we're just going to lure him out. Yeah. We don't know where he is, but we're going to lure him out. And then once we do that, like, we'll we'll fight him. So we cut back to a beach, at least. And Jiraiya is there, just sort of wandering around by himself. The ice cream man version of Nupefuhefu rolls up. And he's like, hey, uh, would you like some iced cream and also for me to eat your face? 
And Jiraiya says, yes, I would like some ice cream. But he didn't hear the second sentence because the guy didn't say it out loud. That was just implied. Um, right. He's like, what do I owe you? And Nupe Fuhofu says, oh, you don't owe me anything except, of course, it's time now for me to lick your face off. Yeah. So he does it. He does it. Like, he nails Jiraiya and he gets his face eaten off. But, and then the other rangers, like, jump in and they, they start a fight. And then Nupe starts to freak out a little bit. And this is super, super clever. Because what they've done is it wasn't actually Jiraiya. It was Saizo using ninja magic to look like Jiraiya. But of course, that face is only illusionary because Saizo has no face. And so by, like, consuming the illusory face, they have somehow, like, poisoned Nupe Fuhofu. It's... Like, he can't eat it. It is inedible to him. It is really good. Also... As soon as Jiraiya's face is licked off, because when Jiraiya first walks up, I'm sorry, when Saizo dressed as Jiraiya first walks up, it's the actor. Like, it's the actor who plays Jiraiya being Jiraiya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, this is a ninja disguise. This is like, this is a very, very good disguise. But as soon as the face gets licked off, it reverts to the actor for Saizo, right? Yes. And you can tell immediately for two reasons. One, their hair is slightly different. Not like crazy different, but like slightly different. But even though you can't see his face, you also know that it's not Jiraiya because Saizo never wears a sleeveless shirt, but Jiraiya does all the time. And in this moment, you realize that the reason for that is that Jiraiya is way more cut than Saizo. Yes, super duper. Like when you see that dude's shoulders, you're like, I mean, listen. That dude's in better shape than I am, no doubt. But compared to Jiraiya, you're like, ah, I get it. All right. Right. As I, I see. I see now. So they, uh, you know, they sort of fight. At first, the fight doesn't actually seem very cool. But then we do get a couple of neat moments. The first is that Jiraiya is like Bruce Leeing the Dorodoros. He's doing that sort of like yell fight scream that Bruce Lee does. That is exactly what gonna... is in my notes. Is that like yeah, everybody gets Lee their in. own sort of moment in this. Like Sasuke does his ninja cloning attack. Um, Tsurihime, like she doesn't use a special move. She's just extremely good at being like a ninja with a katana. And it's just wrecking fools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I would do I would do the Bruce Lee scream. But again, I am holding a tiny baby and he is he is totally asleep. What's up, bud? What's up? There you go. Uh, I would do it, and... but I am in an apartment, and I can hear my neighbors upstairs, and I do not want them, like, asking me weird questions. But you know okay, the well, screen that we're talking it, you guys. about. Yeah, you know the one. So there's a cool moment. We get a neat perspective shot where Seikai, like, either, in fact, turns giant or is a, illusory as a giant, but then he uses his giant sword to smash a bunch of door doors all at once. It's very cool maybe, and extremely confusing. Okay, maybe, Matt, headcanon moment, he has, because remember, it was Seikai that turned super big in that early episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe he, like, has internalized, like, Mega Man style, he has internalized that attack, and now Seikai, as, like, a super-duper secret move, can turn himself into a giant. I am very into that. Yeah. So they are, they're fighting Nupe. He is like fighting back. If anybody knows, because what we, we see like Batman 66 style, there's like voice effect, like sound effects, visual sound effects coming out. And his attack is that he like, he, it, 
he like burps it sounds like but then the word gap comes out and if anybody knows is gap the japanese transliteration of a burp sound yeah it's it seems like that yeah so if anybody knows that uh hit us up so it's saizo though versus nupe fuhufu because of course it is uh nupe fuhufu is not doing super well saizo pulls out secret square cut he nupe goes down and then immediately flips back into giantism yes so, um, Saizo calls, you know, like, he is the guy to make the call, because obviously it's his episode. So he makes right. the call, they all summon their god beasts, they form Kakure Daishogen. Oh, by the way, I wrote these downs in the margin of my notes, there are new songs going through these fights. Like, during that fight that we were just describing, there was a whole new song, like, playing in the background about how cool the Kakure Rangers are. And I don't know what oh, any of the that. lyrics were, but I could hear them, like, name-dropping the different characters. Oh, that's cool. No, I totally did not notice that. And then in this upcoming fight, where it's not just Kakure Dai Shogun, it is Super Kakure Dai Shogun, because he's oh, yeah, also got... Super Samaru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is also, up. I think, a new song for that. Okay, yeah. So, the, <laughs> the thing I love about this fight is that Nupe clearly is a surprise. He's like an ambush fighter. Because once Super Kakure Daishogun shows up, Nupe literally does not even attempt to fight back. He just recoils in horror at his his imminent death. Like, he sees Kakure Daishogun and literally, like, falls back with his hands over his face and is, like, trying to back up. And then Kakure Daishogun is dropping, like, mega punches. And there's this flying, spinning kick that's amazing that they hit him with while shouting, regret what you've done. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good moment for, for us, not for, not for big noobs. No, for big so noobs, that dies. might be his worst moment. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, His so... very worst moment is about to come when Super Kakure Dai Shogun hits him with the Iron Fist flying finish. And, uh, and yeah, that's the finish. He dies. So he dies. All the faces go back. Hooray. Uh, Saizo and... is delighted to see his handsome face again. Everyone else is pleased that Saizo has a face again. Yeah, they're like, oh, good, Saizo. That's lovely. Uh, Haruka shows up. She is very happy. She's like, I am so glad with my face. And like, even if maybe I'm not a manga princess, like it's a very like body positive message, which is great. They're like, yeah. listen, not everybody's a manga princess. In fact, nobody is because those are drawings and they're not real. Right. Like everyone has their own face and that face is perfect for them. Like, you know, like enjoy yours and don't let a monster steal it. Right. Don't volunteer to have your face licked off by a terrifying monster. And that, okay, it's not actually the end of the episode, because the end of the episode is that they, like, frolic on the beach for a few minutes, for a few seconds, and then they all stand and wave to the camera as that moral is, like, reiterated via the narrator. Yeah, but there's no, like, nothing else interesting happens. It's just, you know. Yeah, so there's nothing else narratively that's happening in the episode. I just wanted to point that out, because it's so rare that we get, like, such an explicitly stated moral at the end of the episode. Yeah, it is super fun. So that is it, Dave. Um, and now it leads us into our closing segment, Dave. Where do you think that Nupe Fuhofu lands on the creature royale? You know, I'm kind of torn because he's got a cool look. 
and it's it's a fun episode. It's like it's like a pretty fun episode. But like as a monster, he's kind of like he likes some faces. We never really get into his like plan. He's not a terribly effective combatant. Like I think he's actually probably fairly low on the list. Well, where let's try to find an equivalent sort of dude who is just like a solid monster of the week in a pretty good episode. And I'm looking down at like um Bacaneco, Traffic Light Dimension, like that sort of territory. Okay, yeah. Maybe well, a little know, lower than that. I think lower than that. My sort of like bottom guardian is Tofu Hermit. Mm-hmm. Cause he has cause he's rad. He's like a tofu dude who does like a drunken boxing duel with a ranger. Um, I definitely don't like Nupe as much as I like Diamond Dimension. Okay. I like him more than I... I like him more, I would say, than I like... Than I like Fawcett Dimension. I'm cool with that. Okay, so do we want to put him in between Fawcett Dimension and Itan Moman? The, uh, yeah, the rag dude on the motorcycle? Yeah, because no way does, uh, does Nupe approach that level of pettiness. No, 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 no. And also, like, he's got a bicycle, but he doesn't have a motorcycle. So, listen. Yeah, that's key. I just want you to know where my priorities are on this list. There he is. So, Nupe Fuhufu comes in at spot number 49. All right. And that, I think, is going to do it for another episode of View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I want to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can get them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Um, oh, hey, by the way, I was going to mention this earlier in the show, but we had like a crazy week for downloads, and I think it's because the Car Ranger DVDs came out. And so oh, yeah. a bunch of people were like Googling Super Sentai podcasts and found us. So if you are new to the show and you found us that way, um, welcome. We are glad to have welcome. you. Welcome. I mean, and also maybe tweet at us if that is in fact the case. I'd be very curious as to as to how oh, that yeah. happened. So once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth. Calculate.